Welcome to Startup Sex, Sacramento Startups Podcast. Today I'm with Christine Cizong. Cizong, yes. Did I say that right? Um, who is the founder of Swiss Monkey and the winner of Startup Sex's recent warm-up pitch competition that we held on April 5th. Um, so, Christine, welcome. And let's start by having you introduce yourself. What's your background? Tell people about Swiss Monkey. Yeah, great. Um, well, Swiss Monkey is a dental staffing network. So, essentially what we do is we help um, dental practices look for... Um, for staff that are looking for permanent or um, temp positions, and so um, I got into this. This started about three and three years ago. It sounds, it feels a lot longer mm-hmm. than that, but about three years ago, um, I run a dental practice here in Sacramento in downtown. And one of the things that we found really challenging was the ability to find talent really um, affordably and quickly. And um, it was, you know, at that point there was like Craigslist, and there was Monster, and there was some of those other kind of more generic job boards, and there wasn't really one that was specific to dental that would allow me to kind of quickly identify whether or not a candidate was the right fit for our office. And so that was kind of where Swiss Monkey was born. Um, my general background is in healthcare. So um, I went to school in Northern California in, in UC Berkeley. Um, I got my master's in health policy and management from Harvard. Um, and I did brain tumor research at UCSF. So I kind of have a nice general background in the medical field. Um, and about 10 years ago, I started dental practice in downtown. My husband's actually a dentist, oh, okay. which, is where, which is where this all kind of came, came okay. about. And so, um, you know, we have been, I think, doing pretty well in the last three years. We've grew to about 1,100 dentists in um, California and uh, about 5, on your platform. And on the platform, mm-hmm. um, and then about 5,000 health professionals that are actually actively using it to look for positions. Okay, so you saw you experienced a problem in your own practice, and so. How long did it take from the time that you had the idea that I need to do something better or there's going to be a way to do this before you actually had a prototype, even an MVP? Yeah, you know, it took... I think we were. I was just mulling this idea around for about a year, just mm-hmm. kind of thinking about it. And, you know, I think when you're in the startup space, you have to really be thinking about whether or not this is just something, you know, is a problem that you really actively want to take a lot of your time and money and effort to focus on. So it was about a year. I was just kind of just really thinking about whether is this is a problem that needs a new solution. And not only that, but are willing are people willing to pay for a new mm-hmm. solution? Right? Is it that much of a pain point that hey, I'm looking for something much better and I'm willing to pay for it? Because right. obviously you want it, this is still a business. You want to make sure that you you know, that you're recouping some of your costs to develop the technology mm-hmm. and the people and all that. Um, and then once it happened, um, I built out an MVP, which I, ha- I don't have a tech background, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit challenging, but I had an idea of what I think we want. I wanted it to look like in a few years. Did you do that yourself or bring on a tech no. team or how that work? Yeah, so I um, I had, I just used my in my informal contacts, we found a guy that would do the development costs um, for a fraction of the price, and he was able to defer some of the costs over time because he knew I had, you know, mm. I had a little bit of money, and I was, you know, I couldn't spend all at the beginning, um, and so he was gracious enough to be able, to, hey, we will kind of do this in payment plans, and we built an MVP. Um, which was, you know, at the time I thought was the most glorious thing. I was like, oh my gosh, my baby's coming to life. This is amazing. And, you know, when, it, when we actually used it, it totally sucked. It was just like, <laughs> it, was just, oh, it was just the worst thing ever. But, but I was still like, wow, this is something. It's better than it was before. And then over the last three years, it's probably gone through three or four facelifts. We're now in the, um, the process of doing the next technical inter- um, iteration. Um, and we've been able to kind of add services as we validated the field wanted them. So I think going through that journey of not trying to, you know, 
know, create the most perfect product at the beginning because you really don't, you think you know what the field wants. And I, I thought I knew, knew yeah, what Yeah, because you needed. were your own customer, yeah, right? exactly. And then I, you know, like, this is going to be great. This, this is everything we need to do. And then you go in there and it just does not work anything like what you wanted. But you get a sense of like, okay, this is really where, you know, this is what we need. These are the buttons that we need. This looks like that. And so um, it was really an iterative process and it's, it was painful, but I think it was really necessary for us to get to the point that we um, were at now. So uh, describe maybe that, you know, you had your idea, you had these these ideas of what should be in the product and you went through some kind of customer validation to validate that. Was that with actual customers or did you actually do some market research actually before you built the MVP? Um, a little bit of both. So, uh-huh. you know, um, being in the, the dental field, we, you know, we have a lot of people that we know within the field that we're either looking for jobs or um, obviously um, other offices that we work with. Um, so we knew it was a pain point um, for offices. That they were always looking for people and we knew that people that were looking for jobs um, wanted something a little bit, uh, I think, more specific to the industry. Um, but we didn't do, we didn't spend tons of money kind of doing huge market research. Mm-hmm. I think when you're on a budget and you're, you know, you're uh, maybe one or two people with an idea, you kind of kind of do your best guess. You're going to do a little bit of your own kind of legwork to get a sense of whether or not um, within your immediate circle there's there's a need and then you kind of just go for it. Did you use, I assume you had some contacts in the dental industry that once you were using it, you, you kind of pushed it out there and got some, some other customers to try it out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just, uh, it was really down and dirty at the beginning. Basically, we texted everyone I knew, all of the dental reps that I knew, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, all of the offices. And we didn't, you don't want to go so big because you're not even, you're not quite sure it's going to work, right? So you just, you don't want to fall flat in your face. And so we kind of just those that knew that we were developing it, we wanted to kind of start small. So we just started in Sacramento. Um, and it took a while. Like the technology took a little, a, a, you know, just, I think, um, some time to work mm-hmm. really well. Um, and also because, you know, we are, we're creating a marketplace. So we're in staffing. So you need both kind of the supply side and the demand side of right. people looking for jobs and people um, that need jobs and that's hard to create when you're creating a marketplace especially in a new field like ours and so um, that took a little time. What was the response from them in that initial first um, product? Yeah, so I think for us, uh, people were really excited about it um, because it was just something new, something fresh, and uh, I think people liked the fact that it was an app and they can find things quickly. Um, but we came into the problem where we had a lot of people download the app and there weren't enough jobs. And so at the beginning, then we were like, okay, we have all these people looking for jobs, there's no jobs. And then we had to kind of switch our focus and be like, all right, let's just give this app away for free and let doctors post jobs, and it's totally free. So we then had a bunch of doctors you know, post the jobs, and then they were posting in, posi- in areas that we didn't have any job seekers. So we had to go flip on. So, you know, we're kind of going through this, you know, this whole thing where we are scaling very carefully now in terms of not just going everywhere all at once because it is that, that marketplace effect. Like it's, it's kind of like the Uber or the Lyft, right? You can't have more drivers and no passengers. So we are, I think, um, carefully figuring out how to do that well. Um, and it took a little time to do that. Was there a key takeaway from that that you learned that's the key lesson learned about how to do that? Yeah, actually, um, first it was just like we just we felt the pain just because, you know, we would go into areas that had, you know, um, needs. Like, for example, doctors in the Bay Area really need a lot of assistance and hygienists and whatnot. And then we found out, gosh, there's just no there's nobody there. And so um, part of it is that we would just expand in certain areas without just kind of not haphazardly, but just kind of within Sacramento, we just kind of expand outward. Um, and that's how one of the ways that we found out. And I realized, like, gosh, this is just not working. Like we just we have to be more diligent about how how you expand your product and work and and how you scale and because um, you know we were coming to come across that we decided hey we're going to focus on Sacramento we're going to focus on the Bay Area and in LA those are kind of our main geographic areas mm-hmm. and we're going to try to say no to everything
everything else. And that's really what we've been able to do is kind of figure out what's our main focus areas, expand one geography at a time, okay. um, and, and take it from there. And then you can start to grow from those main areas. So is that you're still you're still geographically limited to those three markets right now? Yeah, so right now um, we probably we're now all over California, mm-hmm. so we have we've been able to scale a little bit beyond those. But those are th- are still three primary focus areas. And now, um, probably in the last two weeks, we're starting to go nationwide, and that in itself is a very, um, you know, we have to be really thoughtful. We're still a small startup in terms of how to do that well, mm-hmm. and so we're developing a lot of strategic part- strategic partnerships and technological kind of integrations to allow us to scale. Um, nationwide uh, in a in a deliberate fashion. Now, are you full time on this now, or have you left the practice and you're in your yeah? You're no, the, I'm you're the CEO of this, right? And you're just running with it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a full time position, and I we have a team of um, how many like six people now, and they're all <laughs> um, I think the majority of us are full time, and you know, the team's really great. I think we're working all the time, really passionate about um, the problem that we're trying to solve. So, yeah, it's I think startup life is like 60, 80 hours <laughs> a week, but it's a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun. Doing would it. you ever have imagined two or three years ago that this would you would it would have taken you this far? No, I think you know, when you start off, you're just kind of you know, it's a passion project at the beginning, like, great, you know, this is something that's a problem, it's a need, mm-hmm. and then you start to invest and you realize, oh, it's just a real problem, people are willing to pay for it, so you start to develop your product, um, and then all of a sudden it starts to work, and you're like, even now when our, when we place jobs, like, oh my gosh, it's working, and you kind of just like have to take a deep, you know, kind of step back and like, wow, things this is actually you know worthwhile, and mm-hmm. people really appreciate this kind of new service and uh, a new product. So, um, no, it, it, every day is just it's you know it's pretty amazing to be able to wake up and do something you love. And you've hit some milestones recently. I think we were just chatting before this. You you've hit a revenue milestone just since we last uh, spoke a couple of months ago at the pitch competition. Where are you at as far as um, growth and scaling, revenue, that kind of thing? Yeah, so um, so we probably in the last 12 months, we have probably grown by like three, four hundred percent. And wow. then um, in the last just month or two, probably grow another 25 percent. Um, and that's, you know, that's so remarkable for us because we've been really working hard to figure out how to grow. And um, one of the things we were talking about, I think, is, you know, how to, you know, where to get the money to grow, right? Do you sell fund? Do you go out to Silicon Valley and start to pitch? And I've been doing a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, I think we're still trying to figure out where, sh- you know, do we want to kind of focus on our product first or um, do we want to start to look for investor money? So I think when you're a startup, you're always having all of those ton of questions in your mind in terms of how, as a founder, where do you dedicate your time because there's always a million things to do and there's only one of you so you have to really be thoughtful about you know do you focus on the product the funding and which one comes first and sometimes you know depending on where you are and your the life cycle of your company things have different priorities. so i think you're totally bootstrapped so far right yeah we're totally bootstrapped and so um one of the things that was really important for me is if for some reason we decide not to raise investor funds um that we are developing, we're building a company that can be self-sustainable, right? Like that you aren't, you aren't dependent on other people's money to build a great company. And I think that for me has been really important. That hey, you know, if for some reason it doesn't come, that you know, we're, the company can be sustainable. And it takes a little bit of time. It always does to be able to, to get from that, you know, the the, the negative cash flow to breaking even to making some money. But we've been able to be really um, thoughtful about other non-investor um, funding, mm-hmm. whether it's friends or family or loans or whatever it is, or your savings, to be able to get to the point where, you know, you can now have a choice as to whether or not you want to go out for um, external funding. Is that something you don't want to do that online? I think that's something we're definitely exploring. Um, I think that's, you know, 
when you get a kind of an infusion of cash, you're able to scale much faster, you're mm -hmm. able to make changes much quickly, much quicker. And you have to think about how important that is for you to kind of gain market share, especially if there's other companies that you're starting to compete with. So as a founder, you have to think about, do you grow slowly? Um, is your is your product making enough money already that you can kind of reinvest and kind of use that to, to build momentum? Or whether or not, hey, it's more important for us to give away some control, give away some equity, um, and get that infusion of cash to do that. Um, and I think every founder has to make that mm -hmm. decision as to which one is more important. Important. And right now, you're focusing on just heads down, growing the product, and, 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 and increasing sales? Yeah, I think that's definitely our thing. And once, especially as a founder, you want to be able to create a good valuation for your company, right? Like, you want, don't want to give away tons if you're not quite ready for that. So I think we probably, you know, I'm still going out to Silicon Valley probably twice a week to just get the conversation starting with oh, investors. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that I think is important is when you go out to investors that you're not just, you're so desperate for funding that you need it right now, you're going to run out of money. And so one of the things that we're looking to do is we go out there we just have conversations we let them know how we're doing we follow up with them a month or two later um, and just let them know that we're growing we're building traction and that they can see the story unfold as to how this monkey's doing um, it allows me a little bit of leeway too that you know um, I don't need their cash right now but eventually down the line if we decide to do it that they have seen us kind of grow up in front so of you're, them you're laying the groundwork how is that is that have they been receptive to that just that getting to know you kind of a thing yeah I'm I think for us I mean that's kind of the story that we're hearing from investors and there's a there's interest there and they want to see us grow and they have a lot of questions and as a founder sometimes you want the answer right away you want that check right away when mm -hmm. you get the pitch and the reality is they have a lot of questions they want to see some data they want to kind of see um, see that there is actual traction there um, we're not a pre-revenue company so we actually have data so we're able to kind of show hey here's how we're growing um, and I think they there's some funders uh, investors rather that want to see certain benchmarks they want to hit they want you to hit this kind of growth rate or these number of numbers mm -hmm. and so um, sometimes we might be a little behind that so a little bit ahead um, but I found that found investors usually like to see, usually like to kind of work with you over a period of time to just make sure that they're um, that they're investing in the right company. So moving maybe a little bit to some advice that you've got, you've had some success. Um, we like part of this program is to be able to share your experiences so that others coming up behind you can can learn from that. So what are the biggest challenges you've overcome and how have you overcome them? Yeah, um, just as a founder. Yeah, founder. Yeah, anything to do with your startup. So I think. Um, you just have to have a lot of grit. I think that's one of the things is that, you know, you see, you hear the stories of just kind of this emotional roller coaster, roller coaster. you're not quite sure if this is the right thing. And you have to really have, um, you have to really understand the reason why you're getting into starting your business. So if you're, if you're kind of in that phase where you're not quite sure, don't start it yet because you have to be absolutely sure because you need a reason why, um, especially when those you have those down days or like the cash is really tight or it's, it's a really hard day and you're getting a lot of no's that you need to kind of have that fire inside of you that says, this is why I started. I think that's so important because anything beyond, anything less than that, you're going to crumble when it gets really tough and there are going to be some tough days ahead. Mm -hmm. So I think having a lot of grit, really knowing kind of your um, understanding the why is going to be really important and don't run out of money. <laughs> don't run out of money. I think that's a big... Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, don't run out of money. How to, how to not run out yeah. of money. Um, so was there, a, was there a certain tipping point that... that where you knew, okay, I can I can quit doing my my day job, and this can stop being a side gig, and I can go full time on this. Was it was it a certain revenue mark, or or what was that tipping point? 
Um, I think it was for me, you know, when I started to see that customers were, or doctors and, and people looking for jobs were starting to really use it and they were asking more uh, uh, more for the product, I was like, okay, I have to figure out, is this going to be like a, a side gig or is this something that I need to devote more time? Because it's not going to grow unless you invest more time into it. It's just going to kind of, right. it's going to just kind of be in the background. It's going to slowly die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of made that decision like, look, this is something I want to do. Um, I think this is an important problem to solve. I, I'm, the market is saying that they, they want something new and different. So at that point, I was like, you know, I've got to figure out the way to make this a full-time gig. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of make that that leap over. So question I forgot to ask earlier, and I'm sure it's one everybody is at the top of everybody's mind. Why Swiss Monkey? What's what's behind yeah, the name? This is a, I always get I know this. you get this a lot. <laughs> you know, it's, it, Swiss Monkey is like an urban myth now. It's like, what is this? There is no, okay, so there are no monkeys in Switzerland. <laughs> I, not that I know. I've had a lot of people come from Switzerland. Says, There's maybe. no monkeys in Switzerland. You know, we wanted something just provocative, something a little different that wasn't like dental jobs.com mm-hmm. um and so you know we just it just it rolls off your tongue it's something that people i think um, remember um it, it gets us a lot of kind of foot traffic and we're in conventions it just it, it's kind of a you know two words that kind of go together like peanut butter and jelly and we just mm-hmm. you know we we wanted to go something that was a little bit out of the box how long did it take to, to come up with that well, i mean that must have been a, a hell of a brainstorming session over <laughs> some wine or something i'm guessing yeah it was like it did involve and did involve a little bit of, of wine if you will um and it would just actually my you know husband were kind of just brainstorming it and uh and it came out and I was like yeah Swiss Monkey and I was in my mind I was like do I really want to answer the phone saying Swiss Monkey hi you've reached Swiss Monkey and it, it took me a while to be like alright I would be comfortable with that that's okay and now it's much you know now it's easier to uh, to say but at the beginning it does you're like oh gosh and we're, we're going to be that company with a really crazy name but it just kind of I think it was that and a few other kind of really boring ones and we're like let's just do something that's like, really outrageous so that's how it came about so where do you see yourself you know what What's next for for Swiss Monkey? Where do you see and where are you going this year? And then where do you hope to be a year or two or five down the road? So um, our immediate need, right? Our immediate need. Our immediate goal right now is to develop um, some strategic partnerships within the field. Um, we're pulling together an advisory board. We are. Um, we're, you're always raising money when mm-hmm. you're at startup, mm-hmm. and so I think we're um, at the point we are. We are going to either be looking some for some more funding, either investor wise or other other more traditional routes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's our kind of initial focus. Um, we're starting to go nationwide, so that's kind of the next piece is how to really do that and, um, you know, which geographies to, to focus on, Do we what, what kind of partnerships. So, you know, we're at the process now where we're, we're starting to, to scale a little bit. Um, and then from the tech side, there are some enhancements that we want to do that we're finding that the field is needing, that we want to reduce the friction of our technological project in terms of people using it. So, um you know, that's kind of where we'd like mm-hmm. to be. Now, you, you're in the dental space, and I think in the presentation you gave, you, you said there's a potential to open anything in healthcare. Is that something you're still considering down the roadways? Yeah, so I think, you know, long-term-wise, um, you know, the product we're building can be applied to other industries like pharmacy, um, nursing, mm-hmm. and, um, home health, um, because they're all experiencing kind of the same staffing inefficiencies. Um, but we need to prevent dental because all of those spaces are going to be a little bit different. They have their own kind of dynamic. And so um, our, our the next kind of couple of years is still going to be purely on dental, mm-hmm. making sure you really know how to disrupt um, an industry and figuring out what partners that you need to, to work with, what are really the, the technological needs, what's the staffing needs. And then once we get dental right, I think then what we'll do is then we will then um, – do one vertical at a time, but I think right now our initial focus is really doing dentistry right and not spreading ourselves too thin. So I, I, you want to switch gears now yeah. to a little bit more Sacramento focused. So um, you're here in Sacramento, a little bug flying around there. Um, 
How has Sacramento been for you? Have you, have you found the resources and the programs you need to, to grow and expand? Um, what's working here? What's, what's needed? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Sacramento. I actually went to school out here, and that was um, in the late 90s. And at that point, there was, not, you know, downtown was just, I think it was just art. And, I know you're from Sacramento. It was just like, it was a downtown mall. There was nothing down there. Uh-huh. And I think just over the last couple of decades, it has grown, grown up so much. And it's such an exciting time, particularly to be in Sacramento and being an entrepreneur because there's things like um, Million Cups, there's Startup Sack. I mean, there's so many, and there's, I think, the, um, a lot of support around the investors and the VC community kind of coming out together to support um, this this growing environment. So it's, I think it's this really cool time to be in Sacramento, especially as a founder, because you're starting to see all these kind of resources pop up. Um, and now I think as a, as a founder, is really now taking advantage of those resources, right? They're starting to become available, and now it's like making the time coming out of the trenches and being able to kind of network, make take advantage of um, the things that you the events and the meetings mm-hmm. and all the resources that are available. So, so yeah, so, and maybe this is a little bit of a self-serving yeah. question, but um, you participated in our, our, our pitch pitch event, uh, Startup Sack Warm-Up Pitch, but you were also in Mark Tank recently, I think, yeah. weren't you? <laughs> so maybe talk a little bit, what were those presentations, those pitch events like for you, and, and what impact, if any, did they have on you? Gosh, you know, pitching is a whole different skill set, so I, I think my first pitch was probably like three months ago, and it, like, frankly, it sucked. I had no <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, okay, I have, I have three minutes to tell my story, to convince someone to give me money, and usually what they're done, I mean, it's, it's usually just practice for yourself, um, and those events have been so helpful for me because one as an as a founder you're going to those that's one to get obviously get exposure to investors but mm-hmm. you're going to be asked the same questions over and over again right. usually and what you want to do is refine your pitch so that you can answer those questions within three i mean two, so you know sometimes two to five minutes right and so um for me it's been able to help me kind of really dial down in terms of what are the things that are most important to investors what are they looking for what are the metrics i should be measuring that i'm not measuring mm-hmm. what are the questions that they are that they want to know if they're going to infuse a ton of money into my company mm-hmm. to make sure that they feel confident that i'm not going to blow it right so um, I think for me, being doing those events have been helpful because I get that feedback. It's less about me kind of sharing the story, but I like the feedback because I want to know if I, once I get to the point where we are looking for investor fund, funding, that I can answer those questions quickly and, um, and in a way that makes sense. Okay. So here in Sacramento or wherever anybody might be watching this, what can they do to help support Swiss Monkey? I mean, I guess if you... Buy your product. <laughs> right. Unless you're in the dental industry. Well, you know, I think dental industry is one of the most exciting fields to be in. Obviously, if you um, don't have a profession, you want to go into the healthcare field, dentistry is obviously one of them, so you can always um, become a dental assistant. We're always looking for great dental assistants. Um, so we're right now, we're really specific to the dental industry. So if you're obviously if you're a dentist, you can use this monkey. If you're looking for a job, you can download the app. Um, so, but yeah. have you saturated as far as marketing goes and, and exposure and promotion in the Sacramento region? Yeah, I mean, one of the things you can do is that you can always tell your dentist. You Hopefully you have a dentist to use this monkey. I think only 50% of the population actually sees the dentist regularly, but if you are part of the 50, I think sharing um, sharing what we're doing here in Sacramento would be great. Awesome. So any last words of advice, inspiration, encouragement for other startup founders out there? Uh, no, I think, you know, this is, a, it's, it's not for everybody. I think being a founder and entrepreneur is not for everybody, but it's if you if it is something for you, it's so much fun and you have to enjoy the ride. It's not necessarily the destination. You kind of kind of enjoy both the ups and downs and to don't give up and continue just to have um, develop a network around you. I think um, groups like yours um, coming out and meeting and doing all the kind of the meetups and, and stuff I think is so important because you you're going to want to have that network when things go a little crazy. Speaking of that, any mentors that have that have helped you along the way? Um, gosh, let's see here. Uh, I think 
every kind of advisor, um, when I go out to Silicon Valley and even here, I think has been really helpful mm -hmm. in terms of um, giving me some advice. And so I don't have anyone specifically right now that I've kind of dealt with a long-term relationship, but I think even just within Startup Stack, I mean, you, Laura, have been amazing just to kind of figure out where to go to talk to in terms of, um, you know, whether it's fundraising or whether it's, you know, intellectual property assistance. I mean, it's all of those things. I think um, those are the resources that have been the most helpful for me. Okay. So if people want to learn more about you, where can they go find out more about um, you? Well, they go to swissmonkey.io. .io? Yeah, okay. .io. All right. Thank you, Christine. Thank Appreciate you so much. it. And best of luck. All right. Thanks. Bye.